Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Game & Watch Gallery for the Game Boy. Game & Watch Gallery was developed and released by Nintendo in Japan on February of 1997, and then in the United States, May of 97 as well. PAL Territories got this game in August of 1997, although there it was called Game Boy Gallery 2. Oh, okay. Uh, because if you listen to the end of uh, last week's podcast, I did mention that there was some confusion about how this game was yeah. named. Uh, that's because uh, in Europe they had a different compilation that was released as the Game & Watch Gallery. And also then renamed Game Boy Gallery mm. retroactively. Oh, okay. Well, whatever makes it more confusing for us, right? <laughs> yes. And this is, of course, a collection of recreations of classic <laughs> Game & Watch games. Sure, yeah. And if you don't know, the Game & Watch was Nintendo's first real video game success. Right, the old LCD games. And those were all made between 1980 all the way up to 1991. Really? They kept going? Oh, yeah. I think the final one was uh, a Star Fox one. Wow. Wow. Now, the entire idea for the Game & Watch series is credited to a familiar name on the podcast, Gunpei Yokoi. Right, right. And the the story goes that he was on a train, and in Japan, train is the most common form of travel between city, countryside, and between cities. Sure. And he noticed a businessman playing with a calculator. And calculators were fairly new at the time, uh, ones that were cost-effective. Right. And he was just playing with uh, the buttons on it, making different numbers and and patterns and stuff like that. (laughs) Okay. And he was like, if someone can be interested in just playing with a calculator, Mm -hmm. I could make that same technology into a game as well. Right, right. And, uh, of course, these games started out very simple. And they got more complex with time. But, you know, if you're not sure what we're talking about, they are the classic LCD games where yeah. there are permanent... Like frames of sprites kind yeah, of? Yeah, there are permanent like... frames in the, the screen or background. And those are lit up, you know, with a charge so that you don't have any sprites moving. You just have images, you know, highlighted and then not highlighted. Right, right. They were very popular in the United States as uh, Tiger Electronics games. Yes, that was the most common one I remember seeing. Uh, but in Japan... These, uh, and it, some of them did come to America, but the Game & Watch games got more complex as time went on. They would get two screens mimicking the DS, Nintendo DS uh, style. And they, you even had uh, ones that had like two controllers that would come out, like ice hockey. Crazy, yeah, yeah. And then Pretty co- experimental on the hardware side, right? Well, yeah, because we have the Game & Watch series to thank for the D-pad. That's true. I guess that was the first one, right? Uh, Donkey Kong, the Game & Watch game, you know, they wanted to emulate the joystick. And Gunpei Yokoi, you know, came up with this D-pad design that is almost identical to what is eventually on the Nintendo and Famicom. Sure, yeah. Now, there were, I think, four Game & Watch Gallery games made in the United States and Japan. And are they all four games apiece? Uh, I think they actually get more than that eventually. And the first three are in the Game Boy. I think the final one is on the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Now, I did mention that there was so many years of Game & Watch. I don't know if I also said that there were, I think, over uh, 90 or 100 different Game & Watch games released. Wow. And uh, so they had a lot to pull from, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I guess. 
And then, of course, we must talk a little bit about the legacy of Game & Watch. And for the longest time, it was kind of uh, lost. You know, it wasn't mentioned you know, in Nintendo Power. Right, right. You didn't really see a lot of merch surrounding the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. But as our Smash Brothers fans know, at some point, <laughs> and I think that was with uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Okay. Uh, Mr. Game & Watch was added to the roster of characters. Yeah, that's the, I had never heard of Mr. Game & Watch before that, so it was all new to me. Gotcha. And it is the classic looking little sprite of the stick figure man that is in many of these Game & Watch games. Yeah, yeah. And what makes it really cool is that, you know, many of the attacks that Mr. Game & Watch uses and his special moves and even his smash attack all come from more classic Game & Watch games. Right, right, right. Well, folks, this is the gameplay portion of our show, but normally we talk about the different play mechanics and how that all comes about. Right, right. But this is a collection of four different games, and each game has really two different ways to play it. So yeah, that's we'll true. probably get more into game mechanics later on a game by game basis. Okay, okay. So right now we're just going to talk about how the overall system of this game works. Okay. And, you know, what it is is you ha- is a collection of four mini games. Yes. And you get to choose which minigame you want. The classic mode, which looks just like the old Game & Watch as much as they can. Uh-huh. And sounds like it. Yeah. With missing music and all. <laughs> or you can play a more modern version that they have reimagined for the Game Boy with Mario characters added to it. Yeah, and then there's, there's slightly more advanced gameplay-wise, I guess. Yeah. And each of these modes has an easy and a hard version. Yeah, that's right. I didn't realize that until pretty late into my play. <laughs> but... Okay. Not that I felt like I needed to play the hard versions, because I was not very good. Oh, really? Well, I think I might have played this game a bit more than you did. (laughs) And in addition to the two modes that are included, the easy and the hard, there's a very hard mode that can also be unlocked. Oh, okay. Would you have to go through all of them on hard? No, you have to earn enough stars on them. Okay, okay. And that's the next mechanic we're talking about, is that in each game, you're awarded a point for usually each, you know, movement or task completed. Mm Mm-hmm. For every 200 points, you earn a star for that game. Okay. And that's 200 points per play experience. Uh, After you have gotten enough stars, you will unlock a very hard mode, and it's called star mode. Okay. And then in addition to that, for each chunk of stars you uh, unlock, you then get in a gallery corner a little vignette of a different Game & Watch game that's not included in this package. Okay, I was kind of wondering about that because I didn't access the gallery mode, but I saw it in the manual. So okay. I was like, I don't know what I'm mm. looking for here. I guess that's a little uh, taste of what's to come on <laughs> how good you were at these games. <laughs> well, And what's interesting is that there are uh, a lot of these. There are, there are 16 other games displayed in the gallery. And uh, the first four you get from unlocking 400 points in the modern version. Uh, after that, you need to get 400 points from the classic version. And then you have to get 800 points from each version to get the last set. 800 points. Wow. Yeah, I only got 200 in some of the games. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> very few. <laughs> and what's cool is they give you some information about the release date of the game, uh, a little bit about the game. And then it's like a, a little animation of what the game looks like. Okay, okay. The list of games you can uh, look at, which will be appearing in future Game & Watch games, gallery games, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are a lot of their biggest classics, like uh, Ball, which is the juggling game. Okay. There is Flagman. 
Flagman sounds like a great superhero. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to like uh, they show a number and then you got to do something to match it. Well, like semaphore or something. Or <laughs> yeah, there's Vermin, which is a, a whack-a-mole style game. Mm-hmm. And then there are a few that are actually in this game, and that is uh, there's Fire mm-hmm. and Manhole. Uh, Judge is in here, which is uh, you basically just have to like it's like a number uh, puzzle game. Okay, I think similar to like the one of the bonus games in, in Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there is one called Helmet. Helmet, man, I was really hoping it was Hamlet. No, it's a a, a dodgem game where you're just things are falling, and you're trying not to get hit. Okay, okay. By the falling objects, uh, there is Lion. You gotta keep all the lions in their cage. Uh, there's the classic parachute. Alrighty. Where things are dropping and you have to catch them all. Oh, sure, yeah. But since they're parachuting, they kind of move left and right a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, there's another one in here, Octopus. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Chef, which is another catching game. Food's getting thrown about in a kitchen. You have to catch it in your frying that's pan. A, that's a rough kitchen, man. It is. Uh, there's Turtle Bridge, and that's where you have to wait for turtles to appear and you run across their backs. Okay. There is the Fire Attack. And you basically are putting out fires there. Exciting stuff. Uh, and then there is Mario Brothers, which is really interesting because it's a double screen sideways game. Yeah, I saw a picture of that. That's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and uh, it is actually really weird because in this one, the Mario Brothers work in a factory, and you're trying to, de- to like deliver truck parts. Hey, they're just trying to make ends meet. Sometimes the plumbing biz, I guess, is, yeah. isn't as lucrative as others. There is a Mario's Cement Mac Factory, which is another like move things from one side to the other game. Okay. And then finally they show off boxing, which was really interesting because it was a very widescreen game as well. Yeah, yeah. And it is a boxing game. Crazy. It, it is really interesting to think of all the many types of games that came out on these uh, very basic handheld systems. Well, Nick, this is a Nintendo game. Although on a Game Boy, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. it still had some pretty good artwork in this manual. Um, well, there's not really any artwork in this manual. What? Um, it's 25 pages. It's black, blue, and white, which is a little strange. Uh huh. Who do you think they are? Sega? I, yeah. Um, it's full of tons of screenshots, and I guess I'd okay with the artwork thing. Is that at the beginning it does feature what I think, at least from the scan I was looking at. I can't tell. I don't think it's a photo, but it looks it's very close, like well illustrated kind of drawings or pictures of a lot of the Game & Watch games themselves. Like I had a picture of that Mario game with the side-by-side screen. Oh, that's interesting. A couple different ones showing how they all look, you know, very different. Okay. So that was pretty cool and stuff. Um, and then other from that, it just takes you through the four games pretty briefly, I guess, uh, you know, both versions and so on and so forth. That's, uh, you know, explains what meager controls there are for some of these games so right. it's you know pretty pretty simple but to the point and there you go that's about it oh, <laughs> yeah well, fair enough well nick what was your personal history with this game and game and watch games in general i don't remember any of these games, and I very rarely, I don't think I ever even played Game of, like I said, I'd never even heard of it until right. Smash Brothers. So, And you know, I didn't mention this in the history because it's not technically Game & Watch, but Nintendo did release a few watches here in the United States that use some of the same technology. You know, I think I remember a friend having a, a Legend of Zelda watch. There was a Zelda watch, there was eventually a Star Fox watch, um, and there may have been a Mario one, but that Zelda watch is, that was one of my, you know... Uh, <laughs> 
Holy Grails. Yeah, or... childhood Holy Grails. I saw it in a store once, and I was like, I need that thing. Like, I need to be able to play a video game in one of my favorite video games on my wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the far as novelty watches go, I was lucky enough to have the Transforming Jet watch. Oh, it turns into a ro- or does it turn it from a watch into a jet? Yeah, or? you could pop off the top of it and it would turn into a jet. I had a yeah, I, I had a friend who had one that would come off and make a little robot, if I remember correctly. I think I've seen that one as well. Cool watch tech was very much so. And then I also have no memory of ever seeing an actual game and watch game. Yeah, like in the wild as a child. Yeah, even I, though I guess some did make it to the United States. Sure, sure. And I do remember reading about them uh, in the early internets. Okay, okay. But yeah, it wasn't until Smash Brothers that they they became well-known in American audiences. Sure. Now, one other thing I want to ask you is, on the other side of this coin, because I don't know if we'll ever really devote an entire show to it. Right, right. Did you own any of the Tiger LCD games? Um, uh, Only a few. Um, I was... And that's a few too many, right? Well... Because I also had, I had two. From the from the get go, I wish I could remember. I know I got at oh, least one. But I had Altered Beast in Castlevania. I had. <laughs> I mean, none of them were. It was Altered Beast, not too different from the actual game. It was a it was a fool me. Yeah, well, it was a fool me once kind of situation. Where mm-hmm. After the first time, you know. Oh, I was never fooled. I never wanted them. Uh, yeah, were, they no, were both I, gifts from extended family members. I made it known far and wide that these were not games for me. Right. I, I would prefer that you spent that money on any action figure well, at all. They were not cheap. That was the right, other thing. Right. They were like twenty five bucks back in the day, and in my mind, I was like, "Well, two of these is one real game, yeah, or a- almost the cost of a Game Boy game." <laughs> it's obscene, really, um, for something that would probably just end up propped up against something to be a computer panel for GI Joes or something. Yeah. Like that was that's the best I could come up with for it. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with the Game & Watch Gallery? Well, um, I, I played through all these games. Or, okay, played through. I played them each a few times in a few different sittings to you know give them, give them a solid chance because I do have a bit of a bias, I guess, against LCD games. But I found that, in general, the modern versions were much easier. M- much more, more palatable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're tough, but... I wrote down some scores for later if we want to... Now, I actually at one point owned this game. Well, yeah, and I say yeah. I, I mean my children, because uh, I may have talked about it before on the podcast, but... You have children. I do have children, and I wanted them to be gamers, so I figured the best way to ease them into the world of gaming was with a Game Boy. Sure, sure. You can start... You know, that's very durable. It's easy to use when you're very little. Yeah, yeah. And the Game & Watch Gallery games, for me, was uh, another way of, like, you know, oh, you can't really do complex jumping and timing and stuff like that. Right. But you can move left and right, and, you know... In the modern versions, you've got the Mario characters to look at. Yeah, yeah, something. So I had at least the first three of these uh, for my son. Oh, wow, okay. And I was excited to grab it and play it again for the show, and it is nowhere to be found. Oh, lost to the mists of time. Indeed. I can't be too upset because it was well used, and it's not a very expensive game. The problem is no local stores that had it, and I was like, I have this problem where I don't want to spend more on shipping than on the thing I'm buying. <laughs> right, right. But I'm going to just have to if I want to replace that one in my collection. Yeah, yeah. So I, of course, played this as well. Sadly, not on any of my original systems, but um, I did play it as much as I could. I would say I put in, uh, if I had a good 10 minutes to spare while we were waiting on something to happen, I would sit down and play it. Sure, yeah. And by the way, I played this on easy mode. It wasn't until later that I realized there was a hard mode, but by that point, I had lost enough on some of these games where I was like, all right, well, that's for crazy people. No, I think you actually enjoy it more because it speeds up the beginning of the game, like 
once you understand the mechanics, hard mode is not that hard. It's just faster. Right, right. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, now it is time for the general chat portion of our show. And this is a little backwards because we haven't even really named all the games that are in this game. Oh, that's true. That's so true. So I think we will do that here in just a second. But I would like to start by saying that I think these games are surprisingly fun in a modern context if you play them in bite-sized chunks. I guess. I don't know. I was I was pretty underwhelmed for the most part. Like, after playing them once, I felt like I'm done. <laughs> like, but imagine you had this in your pocket or on your phone. Yeah, but... What about if I had Tetris? Wouldn't I rather play Tetris or WarioWare, which is like, this is like a mini slice of WarioWare. You now, know what I mean? I do see that, yes. Like, I feel like... Uh, but the <sighs> difference is that, you like, for me, I really wanted to achieve that 200. Like, I was like, I know I could do this. There, there are two of the modern ones I was able to get 200. You know, and, I, and again, I was, I was like going, but... Even on certain ones, there are points where I was like, I don't even care. I'm just go. I, I wouldn't mind just dying right now because I'm, I'm bored. Well, that's because you were playing on easy mode, probably. Well, that's true. And, and that's my problem with easy mode is it's too slow, far too slow. Now, the games in this are Manhole, Fire, Octopus, and Oil Panic. And they are wildly different games. Some of them are very basic. Yeah, yeah. And then other ones are a lot more complex, especially with their modern rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the modern versions of them really did a great job of not only giving you some really fun sprites to look at, yeah, which yeah. I do love the sprites in this game. They're pretty decent for, you know what I mean, just being a simple game, you know. Yeah, and more importantly, they were smart enough to tweak the game a little bit and give you a slight difference in an objective or more things to do or control. Yeah, something more substantial. Than... So it wasn't just a basic reskin of that game. That's true. Now, I thought the music in this game was also really good. There's not a ton of different tracks because there's only, you know, one per game. Yeah, yeah. And then your outros and intros and whatnot. But I thought, you know, it's all really fun and groovy. Yeah, it's fine, fun. It's got a goofy, like I guess, kind of arcadey feel to it. I don't know how to describe it. Right? Yeah, I but, can see that entirely. And you know, like you said, the the modern versions have pretty decent like sprites and stuff, even if they're not the most well animated. You know, there's not a ton of them there, but what is there is looks good for uh, Game Boy. You know. And I think it's kind of interesting because the artistic choices they made are really interesting with the designs of all the characters you're going to have in this game. Yeah? I mean, Mario looks pretty spot on, but everyone else is a little tweaked, I feel like. Yeah, there's weird, like, the mini toad, toad babies in certain ones. Or, yeah, yeah. I guess. Even Donkey Kong. There's a Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little kind of more chibi-eyed version. Uh, I like Luigi a lot in this one. He's got the big head Luigi. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. Um I did think that, especially in the classic versions, there are certain, um, like, if you get if you die or get a miss, as they say, mm-hmm. like, that game is starting back up right where it ended. Some yes. of, you know what I mean? Where it's like, if you're bouncing babies or, or whatever's falling, it's like, those I, those objects are still in mo- movement. As soon as it starts, you have to be ready, like, or else it will get you. Yeah, and, you know, they, the original versions are very stark. There's no music playing, and a lot of just mainly, like, beeps and buzzes. And then when you get to the modern ones, though, I do like the fact that they usually add when there's a fail state uh, in the originals, you know, that you just get a... Yeah, yeah. And in the modern ones, when you get the fail state, there's usually some sort of really funny animation you get. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we'll point those out Yeah. in the next segment here. Yeah. All right, folks. It is the next portion of our show, and uh, I hate to disappoint one of our uh, longtime listeners, uh, Mark, out there, that I'm not going to say 
level by level. I'm going oh. to do instead say game by game. Oh. Uh, he was kind enough to point out that he always gets pumped during the announcement of the <laughs> level by level section. Oh, on, yeah. I on, saw, uh, yeah I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And instead, we're taking uh, each one of the mini games here and we're going to talk about them separately. Sure. Now, starting with Manhole. Manhole. And the classic version of Manhole, uh, you have people walking back and forth over two f- stories. Yeah, and and there's two gaps in each of the two stories. Mm-hmm. And you are a dude in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And you're just <laughs> trying to keep moving these manhole. You have one manhole cover to move between the four spots, yeah. making sure no one falls. Yeah, you're just trying to bridge these gaps so that the uh, pedestrians can get through. And this classic game is really hard. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough, man. It's like one, I think it's the hardest game in. in <laughs> it might be because it's like you only have to be there for like a split second. As soon as you hear that beep, then you can from, move. Yeah, then you got to move. Like you might think, oh, I got to give them a second to get off, but no. it's like no, you need to have some pretty quick twitch like going on to bounce back and forth between you know because it's really just the four spots. Yeah, but the control's a little weird because you're using a D pad and it's like you're hitting corners. Yeah, it is kind of. Um, I don't know. That was kind of what bit me. I don't know if maybe the original version had a different control setup. Yeah, maybe. I could see it just having four buttons, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And that, I think, would be a little easier. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I I found this one to be the hardest game in in totality here for this. I I was not getting 200 in this. There's no way. uh, I got 31 as my high score on Classic, so. Okay. I I should have wrote down my scores. I did not write those down. I wrote them down, not that they're anything to be proud of. Uh, I want to say in Classic, I was probably around there. If not, it's a, you know, not even probably higher because I really ditched that one early on. Yeah. Because uh, I did play a bit more of the more modern version of Manhole, and that is a game where you control Yoshi. Yeah. And you still have some weird controls. Yeah, because, you know, you're, you still have a similar setup with two floors and, and two four holes. gaps. Or, yeah, two holes apiece. But in this one, it's like you're kind of, they all already have a manhole there. Yeah, that you are then replacing after someone walks on it. So in the upper two, you're kind of pushing it up with your nose. And then the lower two, you do a weird kind of grapple with your tongue and, and pull it back up. But the thing is, is it's not an instant. No. Uh, like you press your button and it's back. Yeah. Like you have to go to it and then it takes a moment to raise it to its position. And I found that timing to be very weird on all the manholes. I Yeah, I I especially had trouble with the tongue stuff sometimes. Yeah, like, if I wasn't, the, the timing and distance of that tongue seemed very different than the top floor. Yeah, and once you know, at the beginning, it's not too bad, but once it starts speeding up, my ability to switchly or to quickly switch between the top and lower ones was not there. No, because you know, of course, just like the classic version, you have people coming across. In this version, it is Toad, Donkey Kong Jr., and Mario. And what's interesting is they each have a different speed. Yeah, or, you know, like Donkey Kong kind of hops, mm-hmm. and there's different, you know. So all, you yeah. have to get used to which speed each person's going, and that will help you, you know, decide whether you need to raise the manhole for them or not. Yeah. And you can always raise it preemptively as well. Yeah, you can get right there and just wait for them to walk over it if you're underneath it and to stop it from falling at all, really. Yeah. I got a whopping 74 was my high score here. So, again, not very good. Uh, I got over 100 on every modern one. Oh, nice okay in both classic and uh hard mode gotcha uh so i'll just throw that out right oh, now hey, no i <laughs> i celebrate the master um but this was probably my least favorite of all of the the games manhole 
Yeah. In general. I could I could see that, yeah. I mean, I really went back to it trying to get that 200, but I was never like, man, I want to play some manhole. Like, hot dog, I can't wait. Dear Diary, today I'm going to play manhole. Indeed. Uh, our next game was much more fun, I thought. Oh, yeah. And that is Fire. See, I was very disappointed when I figured out this game. I was like, oh, it's Bouncing Babies, or, you yeah. know, it's this is a... Well, you've played this game as a mini game in other games yeah. many times. Um, even, what was a was it Earthworm Jim? That's right, yeah, with Pete... Petey the dog. Pete the dog, I think. Sure. Yeah. I've wiped so much of that game from my memory. Sorry, <laughs> Earthworm Jim fans. <laughs> oh. uh, but fire in the classic version, there is an apartment building on fire. Uh, people are jumping out the window. Yeah. Quite scarily. Yeah. From one of what? Three, four floors? Three floors. Yeah. And then you control two firemen that are running back and forth with a trampoline and you have to bounce them to safety. And they all move at pretty much the same speed. In this one. I mean, they all move at the same speed. They just have yeah. a locked bounce rate that they're into when they leave. I think based on what window they come out of. Right, right. And I, I believe if you play it on easy, they only come out of the top. Say They all come out of the same window. Oh, okay. And then on fire. I think I read that in the instructions. I could see it. But uh, mostly, you know, you're just bouncing people back and forth. Uh, it's a very common game. Mm-hmm. And then when you play the modern version of fire... Uh, the setting has now moved to the Mushroom Castle. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And then on top of that, you have Mario and uh, Luigi as the ones holding the trampoline. Yeah. And I thought the rotation sprites of everyone jumping out of the building were actually pretty good. I mean, I think it's the same sprite being rotated, but I didn't know you sure, could do that yeah. on a Game Boy as yeah. well. Yeah, it's just, you know, you got your little sprites with, and, and they have different kind of bounces depending on the characters where you yeah, see like the baby toads. Or... There's a, the little toad, Yoshi, and then Donkey Kong Jr. again. And I guess that's, they consider that different weights. Okay, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, uh, the toads bounce at a very high bounce consistently. Right. Uh, Yoshi's in the middle, and then Donkey Kong is a very slow, a very low bounce. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's another change to this mode and that is uh, an egg will pop out from time to time yeah I, I remember seeing an egg but i wasn't sure exactly what happened with it well the egg uh you when it hits the trampoline it cracks right and it turns into a either a star or a bomb yeah if you take the bomb all the way to the end it is like counts as a fail state right it's bad but you, you want to get the star i think the star gives you bonus points okay i did get a star but i wasn't sure yeah not that i don't know there's anything else but points right and this game is charming because it's got fun sprites great music but there's a couple little things in there that i really like such as when they fall the characters look upset when they hit the ground sure and then mario and luigi run and hide yeah they they hide behind the the ambulance and they're like oh (laughs) i hope they don't see us over here like that's coming out of our check yeah and then like you said the modern versions are a little kinder they reset to a, yeah. a basic state once you've failed once. This is one where if I if I got one miss in the in the classic version, it was like I have to be on it. You have to be on it right away as mm-hmm. soon as it starts up, or else there goes another one. And the, I think the harder part of the classic version for this one is is since all the sprites look the exact same, it's hard to tell what their trajectory is when yeah, there's a lot yeah. on the screen, especially in hard mode. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, since you're only getting like you know how many frames of, of of animation are there in each arc like three or four you know what i mean so it's kind of skip you have to get this certain rhythm down that can be weird now the controls for this game are uh interesting because they give you two options yeah and i think that's part of the reason i scored so well on this game uh, you can use the d-pad and move left or right that way mm-hmm. or you can use the buttons and they yeah. also go left and right 
Yeah, I, I kind of switched back and forth a little well, bit. But the best way is to use the D-pad for left and the buttons for right. Oh, okay. That gives yeah. you the maximum amount of speed because you don't have to move any fingers or, or yeah. th- you don't have to move your thumbs. You are just you know instantly left and righting. I can see, I can see that. Yeah. And there's only three positions on the field. Yeah, so you're just like toggling through them anyways. Yeah, and so that's the way to get the fastest. And on hard mode mm-hmm. with a lot of people bouncing, that is the only way to get that 200 points, which yeah, yeah. I did. Makes Oh, okay, I did not. I got 90 on the classic and 84 on the modern. Okay. So Now, I did think we forgot to mention it, but they do point out the directions on how to play each of these games oh. in the game itself before you start it up. Yeah, you do get a little prompt and, you know, which is pretty nice because the controls are simple enough. Yeah. You know. And then you when can... you die in the modern version, they give you like a little tip yeah. on how to do better or how to score more. Yeah, which, you know, aren't always, I don't know, when I hear like, oh, you get a hint, you might think this is stupid, but sometimes they say some actual stuff that you might not have realized where it's like the people all fall at the same rate or these different, you know, right. actual tips you might not have yeah, realized. Next up, we have uh, the final smash for Mr. Game & Watch himself, the game Octopus. Okay, so this is from Smash Brothers. Well, I mean, Smash Brothers uses it, yes. Right, right. Okay, I, I just... Because I remember when I first saw this game, I'm like, I know I've never played this game, but that octopus, I was like, I know that from somewhere. It's got to be Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's his final smash attack. I see. And the classic version of octopus has you as a sea diver waiting in a boat. You make your way down the rope in the water. Yeah, yeah. And then across the seabed floor to a treasure chest. Yes. You load up on treasure, all the while trying to avoid the... Uh, extending and retracting tentacles of a giant octopus. Yeah, and it only uses four of them on you at once, right? Correct. Yeah. And once you have gathered enough treasure, or the maximum it will allow you to get, then you can move back to your ship and unload it. And what is the maximum on the classic version? I want to say four or five. Okay. I really played the classic versions the least, to be honest. Uh, same here. Um, this was one that I, you know, I was like, I actually... I want to like this game. I was trying really hard on the mm-hmm. classic version, and my best score was like a 15. I just awful every time. Really? I don't know why. Oh. It was really I, – I really – I got at least 100 on the classic. Tried more. Yeah, I, I could not – I don't know why the timing or with the tentacles. I well, mean, the key is, is there is timing, but there's also a safe spot on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the left side of the bottom where you can, you know, wait to t- watch those tentacles. And you. I would always just wait for them to retract and on their retraction run over – Sure, grab my yeah. coins and run away. I mean, there's a couple, like, spots where it's, like, the tentacles start to extend, but it can, ex- you know, it's it's almost like it has a split path that has two destinations. You right. know what I mean? Like, the one at the very top can mm-hmm. go one of two ways, and you might not realize it when it first starts moving. And then the modern version of this game is very interesting because it stars Mario and Princess Peach. That's right. And they're on the boat as well. What I don't like is that Mario is not wearing his diving suit until he gets in the water. Yeah, he throws it on apparently midair. Or... It's, it's a little weird. A weird decision. <laughs> he does have a cool diving suit sprite, though. I like it. Yeah, he gets an old-fashioned helmet and such. Now, the difference in this version is that I feel like the octopus uh, telegraphs its movements a little more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in this one, you can use some of the coins you've gotten or the treasure yeah. to stave off the octopus by throwing a coin. Yeah, and um, yeah, which yeah, kind of if you you'll hit one of the legs and it'll kind of retract and buy you some time to get back to the boat. Although I rarely used that. Yeah, same here. Because right? by the time 
you would use that, you're already in too much danger. You should have planned better to begin with. Right, right. And then, you know, you get bonus uh, points for giving your getting back up to the top. Uh-huh. So I thought this was also a very easy one to get uh, a good score in. I On the modern version, I was able to get 200, actually. Yeah, same here. But, um, like, I found myself, I don't know, like, because I, I did kind of like it more because you can take more treasure and it will slow you down. Yeah. So that, you know, you get super slow if you're taking, like, I, I eight, nine pieces. I'm not sure. I was getting really greedy at the end, but it was the first time I was like, I got a 200. Okay, that's... Decent. And you Thank get a little you. chime at 100 and then another one at 200, letting you know you've hit yeah, that goal. Yeah. But, yeah, this one is a little easier to get to 200 because you it takes less uh, movements to get more points. And I don't know if it's just the power of treasure, but it was definitely from the get-go. I was like, this is the one I'm the most interested in because I'm like, I'm getting treasure. I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm not just bridging me. And that octopus but... looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the modern octopus. It's got a really nice chibi Japanese octopus Plus look. Thick octopus. Thictopus. And finally, we have our last game, Oil Panic. Oil Panic. This is a weird game in general. Yeah, because it's a. it was originally a two-screener, right? Yeah, like a, the Nintendo DS. You had a screen on the bottom Which, and a screen on the top. You know, they have a picture of it in the manual, The one of those possibly a drawing, but it is amazingly, exactly just looks like a DS. Right. But... 20 years before like it's crazy how the design is almost completely identical <laughs> like and in this game there is a uh, a man working at a gas station i guess so, yeah it's kind of a weird setup too for some reason they have their oil tank on the roof of right. the building yeah on the top floor and it's leaking into your room which is the top screen yes now you collect those leaks in a bucket yeah, you're carrying a little bucket, and you can hold up to three drops in your bucket at one time. Yes. You know, it shows each level on there. And then underneath you on the bottom screen is another guy who's just running back and forth left and right. Yeah. And he also has a bucket. Yes. And your goal is to collect the oil and then dump it to the guy below on either the left or right side of the screen. Yes. And you, so it's it's a game of, like, filling up, timing, trying to drop off when you can. Because I think you get more points if you drop all three at once, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Yeah. This is another game that um, is a little more complicated, but definitely interesting. I, I had a fun with the classic version of this. I think this was this along with uh, Octopus were my two favorite classic games, maybe. Okay, okay. I played it a bit. I only got a 49 on the classic version. I got so. 100. Uh, I could not make it to 200, but I could in the modern version because it's really a different game in a lot of ways. Yeah, in the in the modern version, it's interesting because, uh, like you might guess, we're using Mario here. Yes. Now Bowser is the one causing the oil. Yeah, to come he's up top time. causing the leaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other big difference is Mario has two buckets. Yeah, and you can fill up either one to three. Yeah, there's one, you know, and they're on your left and right, and then you can use your A and B buttons to spin and then reverse the the loads or the 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 configuration of which one has how much, you know. Correct. And that adds a huge amount of new mechanics to the game. Yeah, it, it um this was the one I got the highest score. I got a 276. Wow, so. that's nice. I, I and there was there seemed like there was I don't know if it's just uh cosmetic, but you know, you're throwing this oil out that goes down to Yoshi. Who eats it? He eats it and then breathes fire or does something. And then sometimes there are blocks that appear out in the air. Yeah. I, I don't know what those are or what was happening because I'm, you know, I'm like, hey, man, there's oil going to waste here. Well, <laughs> what's cool about the modern version, too, is that so the bottom screen is a zoomed out version yeah. of the top screen in this one, not just a lower 
level. Yeah, and you can see your little Mario head in there. Yeah, you can see you inside the room Mm -hmm. running back and forth, which is a cool touch. Yeah, yeah. Another cool touch is that if you miss Yoshi, you throw it on either Donkey Kong or Toad. Yeah, yeah. And they get upset at you, and it's pretty funny. And this one, too, is like you can afford to get a miss in the the inside room where you're collecting the oil. Yep. And that'll do some fire. If you miss that three times, you're... I think it's two. Or two times? Mm-hmm. Okay. And But you can also get misses at the on the bottom screen as well. So between exactly. two of them, you get a little more staying power, I guess, before you die. Yeah. And that also definitely adds to the easy the ease of getting more than your 200 points there. Sure, sure. And this, I think, is the most full-figured, f- the most fleshed-out game. Yeah, I could see that. You know, yeah. They changed so much from the minigame, and the minigame itself still had multiple things going on in it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So I like this one a lot as well. I think I played it second most of the more modern versions. Gotcha, yeah. All right, folks, it is the review portion of our show. And, of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System with four categories, each category having a possible score from 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. I gave this game a 3.0. I went with a 2.0. Now, the Game & Watch side, I feel like they did the best they could of bringing those games into a sprite. Yeah, yeah, I think they did fine. And then even for the modern ones, I'm like, you have a lot of stuff that looks pretty good. I really love the design of all the sprites. You don't have a lot of stuff, though. You know what I mean? It's like you got your five or six sprites Mm -hmm. that they use. And, And you know, know, I'm going to disagree with you what you said earlier. I think in some of these games, like the Oil Panic, there was some really good animation. The running animations of Mario on the inside, the outside, Yoshi walking around. I mean, it's it's fine, but there's it's just so little of it. There is, but I think that's a constraint of the games they were bringing over. And I think they did more than they I would have expected in the in the modern version. I just feel like I couldn't give this an equal score to like Batman Mm -hmm. or you know what I mean, like other games that you know because there's it's just so slight. True, but you have to admit the sound is also very good. I do like the music is uh, not a lot catchy. Yeah, but they're all catchy tunes that don't great. Everything you have here is fine. It's just a, it's a, it's kind of slim, you know. Yeah. So if this was like eight games, you may have gone a little higher. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Next up is play control, and this is a hard one to yeah. quantify. Um, I gave it a two point five, but I, that's, I mean, really, what can you say? They they had controls that were baked in. Yeah. They were very simple. Uh, and then when they implemented new versions of them, sometimes they gave you a little more control. Yeah. But, you know, everything was clear and concise, felt correct for the very limited amounts of movement you could do. Even except the, for that Yoshi part. The, the classic ones have this, it's like authentically bad or laggy kind of where it does feel like those old, you know, because those weren't the most precise or right. quick moving. So, I mean, I guess I wrote down 2.0, but I can definitely see 2.5. I think they did a decent job of advancing it and definitely you know i was able to get there on octopus and oil panic at least in the modern ones where i was like all right i feel like i'm doing what i want and with like the fire game they gave you two ways to control it which i think is a nice bonus yeah yeah following that we have challenge factor nick i i wasn't sure how to do this i i gave it a 2.5 but it's because as did i 
it's not like insanely hard, but at the same time, you know, it's just like what they're just, it's a task that you're repeating and getting better at. And and I said the hard mode can be tough, but it's not like impossible. It's definitely doable. And I feel like with enough time and practice, you could hit the 200 point mark on all these games. The 800 point mark is achievable. It's just a, it's a more of a marathon. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not about like how skilled you are. It's about how long you can last. And you know, it's, it's one of those games where since it's a score based, you know, you're just trying to just keep going and get high. You know what I mean? You're not Correct. like, it's not like it takes really, or it picks up difficulty at certain stretches or anything. It's just a steady slope upward. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have theme and fun. I went with a two point five here. I was I was kind of surprised. I, I was you were that's your surprised score. You thought you were going to give it lower. I I was because I just I don't know. These are very simple games that I'm like I don't really have nostalgia for. So mm-hmm. I was like I don't know, but uh, mainly the modern versions like dressed them up just enough. You know, I gave it a three point oh. I thought uh, the bite sized chunks offered just enough differences that you know I could come back to this for a good ten minutes if I had this on a cart and in my pocket. I would have played it even more, mm. you know, while I'm waiting for someone to try something on in the dressing room or, right, you know, right. some other boring stand-around task where I could, would normally be looking at my phone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Squeeze a few in there. Yeah. So, Nick, should you play this game? I'm on the fence because... It's not bad for what it is, uh-huh. but I also feel like there's a lot, like, at no point during this game did I feel like I was having more fun than I would have playing Tetris. Uh-huh. Or, like, you know, like, I feel like there's a plethora of so many multiple or I could see portable that. games nowadays that kind of outflank this. You know what I now, mean? I said yes, because mainly because it is a big piece of Nintendo's history. There is a historical component. And, you know, I think it's a good way to kill a few moments, so it's definitely worth it just to roll through all the versions and just... It doesn't hurt to check it out. Sure, sure. Now, I think I'm with you. I would love to see a remake of this with all of the Game & Watch games, or like 50. Yeah, yeah. And you know, give just... me a ton of them, and then give me the classic and a new version, and then I'd be pretty happy, I think. Yeah, because, you know, I was pretty surprised when I realized this was a 97 game, and I was like, really? <laughs> like, I yeah. thought by that point they would be able to squeeze some more games into her. I think know, they like... were able to, uh, physically, <laughs> but monetarily they wanted uh, to squeeze your wallet for, for, for three more sequels to this and, game. Well, and, and I, I don't know what the price point was for this game in 97, so it yeah. might have been a bargain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was only like 15, 20 bucks, maybe. I don't know. Next week's game will be Golden Axe 2 for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. So find a copy of that game any way you can. Hint, it's on the collection and the Genesis Mini. (laughs) It's out there. So not too hard to find. Uh, Find a copy of that game, grab your controllers, and play along, friends. That's right. And if you uh, have a favorite Game & Watch game uh, that you want to defend, uh, you can do so at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. We'll read it, tally your votes. Yeah, or, you know, a lot of people do like to leave a note on Facebook about our various topics or even just a fun gaming memory or an idea of what game we should tackle in the future. Or your favorite emoji. (laughs) Or that. (laughs) But, of course, 
Every week, we go out of our way to thank those kind and wonderful folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. That's right. Uh, if you do not give to us there, consider doing so. We'd love a dollar or two, three, five. Yeah. Don't go crazy. Just give us a little bit, like the cost of a coffee, a soda. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know? I mean, I like soda. I get it. But, you know, podcasts are cool, too. They are. And if you already give to a Patreon, it's so easy just to add another dollar on our side of the, the, the fence. Yeah. But, you know, thanks again to everyone that does give and those of you who are about to give. Thank you so very, very much. Yeah. It is your support that makes this show happen. Uh, so as long as you keep giving, we'll keep making. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Our next game, our next game, folks, is yeah. oh yeah, octopus, octopus. Here on Cartridge Command, <laughs> give that. <laughs>